Hi, I'm Marcy. And I'm Akko. And welcome to the Color Pages Book Club, a bi-weekly podcast that focuses on fiction, fantasy, and magical realism written by writers from colorful backgrounds. Yes, your favorite fantastic fusion is back. Mm-hmm. And this week we will be continuing our discussion of the Come in All Colors Part two. Yes, part two. So. Oh my god. Yeah. We I, I mean I know we say this like every episode, but girl, the thoughts I have about this book, I just So many. Like, like I knew white men were just were disappointing, but like I mean, my God. Like I mean Malcolm Hitz it just really paints it out for us in a way that I'm like, wow, this is this is wild. But um truly an Yeah, we will but like also <laughs> Buck is like a special level of disappointing. Oh, I'm like, girl, you didn't need to do all that, <laughs> right? In any case, I'm like, but- bitch, how are you this mediocre though? <laughs> like, how the fuck? Like, I just truly, I'm just looking at Huey and P. Like, girl, I don't. How did y'all? How did- y'all really just got the short end of the motherfucking stick, girl. Like, oh, I'm like, stick. that stick is goddamn a millimeter long because, bitch, like, that, my god. I feel like even the other white folks are looking at him like, okay, but Buck, if you were gonna do this, like, you need to get Buck, like. <laughs> something you do half-heartedly like right. <laughs> what are we doing like literally like like i mean nuck if you buck girl like your name is in like i feel like Honestly. you should have more umph than this but here you are just being shitty uh, cool. we can we real ahead but, of schedule let's just you know let's just yes <laughs> we'll, we'll get to all that yes. <laughs> <laughs> we will we definitely will but before we do i have a question hey what's up so this story deals with themes of love sort of love in society <laughs> yeah. it made me think of the classic and famous shakespearean play romeo and juliet which mm-hmm. we all had to do in high school well yep. i guess none of us had to do in high school but all the television shows said we all did it in high school i did it in high school. high school and you're like you did i actually did and it was i did not too much yeah i i hated it it was was it stressful it was just it was just stressful because like I don't know. I've never loved like Shakespeare just because I just don't understand what the mm. fuck is going on. It's like we read a page and I'm like, so what was discussed? Like I just like don't understand it. Like the, just the way it's written. I'm like, girl, this might as well be in another language. Like what the fuck? And then especially reading Romeo mm. and Juliet, like people were just like, oh, it's like such a classic. It's so classic. It's just so classic. And I'm just like. This is not <laughs> like it's just. I mean, I guess at the time maybe it was revolutionary, but like current day, I'm just like, I mean, girl, this is. I mean, I feel like y'all kind of just think doing it a lot. Was ever supposed? Right. Well, I think I always think about this because I'm like, Romeo and Juliet is not a love story. Shakespeare doesn't even say it's a love story. I mean, he's oh he really? The, it's a tragedy. He says it's ah, a tragedy. This isn't. Sense. And so the fact that people hold these two up as like the epitome of young love. It's like a mistake because these two, (laughs) this is a commentary on society, like its flaws, destroying something so innocent and pure as these two people's, I mean, pure Mm. is a strong word, but innocent and young as this, you know what I mean? Or or the fact that we are all so viscerally human that these divides are like non-existence in the face of our actual intent, emotion, like intrinsic attraction to other people. Okay, socioeconomic society, because these both both these kids were rich but like (laughs) that's the commentary right but it's not a commentary on like you should be like romeo and juliet that's get me a man like romeo oh get me a a wife like juliet like that's not i don't think that was supposed to be the goals it's like no girl these are not actually the goals you should be striving for (laughs) like please donate for this Um. exactly and then 
And a, a lot of it is a criticism of like the society's current politics. So for instance, Juliet's father is like, my daughter is too young to marry. And they're like, everyone, all girls get married at this age. And it's like, Shakespeare is basically asking like, why are we telling girls to get married at this young age? And it's actually, this man oh. is saying it is not in her best interest to get married, right? And then that's weird. But, and the mm. only time he forces her to get married is because like society, like, to, to like conform again, right? After mm. um, Paris is killed and like everyone gets mad and they're basically going back to relying on social norms. Like, you know what? Like Tybalt's dead. Like I shouldn't have been trying to do all this other stuff. Let's just go back to how we do things. You get married right. to Paris, just call it a day. Like obviously that's when the chaos comes into our lives. That's when they force back on social restrictions. Mm. The mom, of course, is like, you should get married at any given time. So like, that's one thing. Then like, even their commentary on Romeo's love for Rosalind, they're like, can you chill? Like, but also, <laughs> but also at the same time, like Romeo's desire to love regardless of things. Everyone's like, we don't understand you. We don't understand this sensitive boy. Like, why is he so sensitive? Like, mm. you know what I mean? But at the same time, it's like, do you see what I'm saying? It's like a criticism. Like these two people, this girl who kind of has her own personality and who her father wants to give the chance to kind of like live her own life and this mm. man who's quite sensitive like they almost don't have a place in the society that's very like built on rules and and social norms so it's mm. a and, and, and in fact they're so not meant for it that they die that they're killed that they can't survive in this you know social structure so it's i don't think you're supposed wow. to be like Oh, these two are just in love and like this is the purest love. You're supposed to be like, oh my God, society, this is a criticism of the day in which Shakespeare lived in. I think. I could be wrong. There's a, a there's I, like a, a, a literary t- <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I love that interpretation. I feel like that is Girl, if they had framed Shakespeare like that in high school, I would have absolutely been like, Okay, so this smacks. Like this actually like goes in and I this am smacks. about it. Damn. I'm I really dead. I love that interpretation. Well, that- Thank you. But also, I think, like, Shakespeare was not highbrow. Like, that's the problem, is that we, like, put him in this echelon of, like, academia. But the reason Shakespeare is famous is because everyone could... We can't understand him, because those Taoists with, with it's all is too much. But mm-hmm. back then, they he's... He, this is basic... I mean, it's not a deep novel. This is, like, a summer read. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Slipping through the pages. Like, the reason it was so good is because it did target the people. Like, people could read it. People could go to... They couldn't read. But people could go to the plays <laughs> and understand it. Right. Like, sorry. I was, it, it was still the Middle Ages. Nobody could read. But anyway. Right. Um, <laughs> but, like, they could go to the plays and understand it that's why he was and he was writing for money like he was like not writing to be like i'm a writer he was like mm-hmm. let me get that check let me get that check it was like so mama think, this rent is due so listen <laughs> get these coins real right quick. right <laughs> <laughs> so i think because of the, what we've done to it after the fact is what makes it this like odd oh academic whatever whatever when really it's just it's supposed to be regular degular but any case Mm. That's not the question. <laughs> oh, bueno, that's fine. He's <laughs> <laughs> uh, so cute. Okay, so the question is, and, uh, anyway, so th- this book made me think of Romeo and Juliet because you know, there's mm-hmm. a star-crossed element to this novel. And there's a famous line where Juliet, it's part of the balcony scene where she's, she's on the balcony. She says, Oh, Romeo, deny thy father and refuse thy name. Or if thou will not, but swear my love, and I'll no longer be a Capulet. Well, you can obviously see that I made the play. I obviously was Juliet, but no, I was not. Anyway, so that really means, <laughs> that of course means she's talking, it's a soliloquy. For those who don't know, soliloquy is basically when you write a part that 
the person is speaking but does not know the other person can hear them. Mm. So they think they're just talking to themselves. Anyway, but what it means is like give up your family and you being a Montague or I'll, if you say that I'm your love, you know, I'll give up being a Capula, I'll give up my name. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of this idea like we're talking about with the struggle between society and love. And so my question is, everyone's like, where's the question? Like, where's the button that tells us how to speed up to get to the question? (laughs) What the fuck are they talking (laughs) about? (laughs) Um, Do you think love can overcome a society that does not condone it? And or do you think that type of love is worth fighting for? Oof. I, hmm. Do you want I, me to start? Because I made the question. Actually, you start. You start. I, I, I'm going to set up my thoughts for a second. Yeah. Right. Because it's kind of a, it's because I was thinking about when I was about it while I was reading and I was really, it made me think because at first I was like, no, love conquers all. Love is better than everything. And not just romantic love, like, you know, love of friendship, love of society, love of people. Love love is the biggest and the best thing that ever did done the world over. But mm-hmm. then I thought about it again. And I was like, humans are communal people. Mm-hmm. And is it fair to say, to ask someone almost in peace case to give up their community for you mm. and is it fair to put them in a society in a community that is hostile to them for you right and the question is when you ask someone to do that is love so strong or is it a fragile thing and i don't know because mm-hmm. i think that you're asking someone to give up all the other connections in their life Mm. and and are those society networks that you have even healthy if not okay like all right well then you go you know like dead it and like get a love that's better obviously right maybe (laughs) maybe other people would disagree but if it's not right like if someone was like give up your whole family for this man or Mm. whatever i would how could i how could i be in love with someone who wants me to give up my family you know what i mean like that's such a like hard question so I, i don't think romantic love is always strong enough to over overcome a society that does not condone it. Mm. I, I think that's very true. Mm-hmm. Do I think it's a love worth fighting for? Yes and no. I think if mm-hmm. it's... I have never experienced this type of love. I feel like I went first and I have no idea. I don't have an answer at all because it's like... <laughs> that's okay. I feel like that's so personal. Like... You have to think or know or believe or be willing to have a stick to itiveness about it that doesn't blame the other person for what you've given up. You know what I mean? Because then I think it falls apart. Mm-hmm. And then you have to, I think it even, even the stick intuitiveness is the most important part. Like after the fact, you have to be like, I chose this and mm-hmm. I'm okay with this choice and I want to do it. Right. I think you could have something amazing. If you look at everything and you decide, hey, like I, <laughs> I would rather do this and be with you than do what I was doing before. Right. And maybe that has to do too with like, maybe that's every choice you make in life, right? Maybe this isn't so different from any other choice you would make in life. If it mm. was meaningful for you, if it's worthwhile for you, then I think it's worth fighting for. But mm. if it's like you're just doing it just to do it, you know what I mean? Like if you're just, right. <laughs> you're just being messy, <laughs> um, 
I don't know if that's worth it. But I don't know. I think after you do something, it's hard to say whether or not you meant it at the time, which I think is something they struggle with in this book as well. So gotcha. there you go, y'all. I don't know the answer. That, my answer is I don't know. What about you, Marcy? What about you, Marcy? <laughs> oh, my God. So I guess in this case, I'm going to I guess my answer is going to be more skewed towards romantic love. I'll just give that preface because I do okay. think that like with platonic friendship and, you know, that kind of love. I don't know. Mm. I guess just like the way that those relationships tend to pan out in society. Like, I think, for example, like just in my own personal experience, like I'm someone who, for example, like, like, for example, I'm really good friends with you and I have other people that I'm like good friends with. Ooh, but it's you. like, uh, right, girl, of course. Like, <laughs> you have to, like, that's a compliment. Girl, what? <laughs> We've been in the game for like damn near a decade. What you mean? Anyway. <laughs> But, um, <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm friends. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god. Anyway, um, but yeah, but like for example, like you know, I'm obviously really good friends with you, and then you know, I have other friends that I'm very close to. But like, my friendship with you and with other people that I'm really close to, like that doesn't necessarily have to always intersect with other elements of my life. For example, like, like I feel like our relationship mm. with each other. I mean, with each other, like I feel like yeah, we have a lot of mutual friends, and like we kind of existed in a communal space together. But I also have some good friends where it's like. Like, I would consider them good friends, but every time we hang out, it's typically just, like, one-on-one. It's, like, we just have a special relationship with each other. Mm. And, you know, maybe I don't necessarily know a lot of their friends. They don't really know a lot of my friends. We may talk about each other's, like, friends and family and stuff like that, but we haven't, like, introduced each other to those other aspects of our lives. And it doesn't feel, like, evasive or, like, you know, we're trying to hide each other, but it's just, like, you know, it just just hasn't happened. Maybe it's just, like, that's more of a question of, like, just, like, how long I've known them and, like, you know, whatever, whatever. But I feel like with those kind of relationships, it's easier to kind of just really focus on that special relationship that we have with each other versus I feel like with romantic type of love, like, especially when you start introducing the idea of, like, marriage and, like, the state and, like, all these different things and, like, you know, like living together these like Mm. other rituals that people tend to kind of introduce in those kinds of relationships i think it becomes harder to have it be divorced from other aspects of your life like it kind of Mm. eventually like the way the scripts are set up it does eventually intersect with those other aspects of society and so i feel like assuming the most extreme example right like you know i think also especially as a queer person like i want to say like you know even if you live in like a society that doesn't condone a type of love or whatever like like you can overcome that but i i guess also thinking about it just like in terms of like like longitudinally like just like throughout time like assuming a really extreme example where you do have to give up like pretty much everything to be with someone i i don't know if that can last like i feel like you have to have at least some other aspects of support like just any relationship right like i would say whether society does it or not i would definitely say like especially romantically whatever like relationships should be balanced like not all of your things should fall on Mm. one person that doesn't make sense like that script has never made sense to me you should have friends you should have like you know like relationships with other people where it's like you know you're being fed from multiple sources and i think assuming that Mm. you would be forced to a place of isolation just with one other person because society was that violent if you had no other support i honestly i don't think it could last like indefinitely i feel like it would reach a point where it's like Mm. there's so much strain on that relationship it's like not only are you isolated but also like you're just dealing with the day-to-day stress of being in a society that's so hostile i feel Mm. like that will wear and tear on a relationship through time like i feel like even for example i feel like you could have certain aspects of society maybe not condone it like perhaps like like maybe with your family or like with certain friends or whatever but like just to have everybody like i just oh everyone but even then, it's yeah. like, is it a love worth fighting for? 
I still think so, but it's just in the sense that like, I don't know if it's, if it's a love that like is one in which, you know, everyone is obviously on board for and is like a healthy, beautiful thing. Like, I don't think you should have to run away from that. But I think the caveat mm. would just be that like this relationship isn't going to be like the other scripts that we see in society. Like this whole happily ever mm. after thing, that's not really going to be what works for us. Like this is going to be something point. that is like ours just is, is going to look differently. And like maybe this does last, you know, maybe we can overcome these things. But like, I think you just have to kind of walk in being like, you know, this is still a love worth fighting for. And like, this is something I want to be about, but it's like, it's just going to be hard like the entire time. Right. And like, if we're able to power through it, I think it is something beautiful Maybe that like, you know, can, it. that can ultimately through time when you like fast forward time, like I feel like society would ideally grow to accept a kind of love, but it is weird to think that like, you know, the opinions of like whoever the fuck, like you know, just like this weird communal response matters. Right. matters. But I think just given that yeah. we do, I mean, more than just being communal, creatures but also on top of that just like having to exist in a society where we're like interacting with various institutions mm. in the state constantly i do think that like it does it does it doesn't have to matter 100 percent, but it kind of matters like it can't, we can't be ignored exactly it we can't, can't act as if it doesn't matter mm. right like it, it at least somewhat matters right and so mm. yeah i think you make a really good point about okay if we're gonna do this like well, let's do it but like not assume the other scripts you know what i mean because i feel like what people will do is they'll jump into something and and you'll see that in this book and then they want everything else to be exactly the same right and you're like hold on like that might not work Mm -hmm. (laughs) but if we're gonna do it if we think and and it's hard because well first to your first point there's a couple things i want to clarify First of all, like when we're talking about queer relationships, I feel like being like, is it worth fighting for? It sounds like, oh, like you shouldn't be in your queer relationship. Society doesn't prove. Fuck that. That's not. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, oh, girl. Oh, oh, if if that's how that came up, please check me. Like that is not what I meant to say. No, no, it didn't. But I was like, I was worried that because I'm thinking about it, it's like, I just want to make sure people know. Like, anyway, the point is, that's not what we're saying. We're talking about the struggles of being in a relationship. But Mm. anyway, so that's one thing. The second thing is, I think there's a difference between like, being friends who don't tell other people about you and society about other people in your life and mm-hmm. people not condoning you being friends like you being mm-hmm. unable to bring that friend around other people right. like that makes sense you like the fox and the hound situation you know mm-hmm. like because that that's a different thing because i feel like none of your friends you couldn't bring around your other friends oh yeah so there's also that and then also i i think like yeah when people get into relationships that maybe are more marginalized Mm -hmm. if they haven't experienced that marginalization before or they're not (sighs) life is rough on the margins like sometimes and and you got to throw away a lot of scripts sometimes right and if you're not used to that like that's gonna make it you can't necessarily have the same life as other people but that doesn't first of all other people's lives aren't great social scripts Hello? are kind of terrible y'all Come like, on. i know that's Pre- <laughs> you better um, yes <laughs> but so i i feel like what you're saying is a good point about the scripts like that's very yeah. strong to me i agree with that mm. yeah yeah and i think you're right uh, i want to say love is worth fighting for i really do uh it's fine I think it is. I think it's just one of those things where you just have to, I'm going to like kind of talk abstractly, like in the clouds for a second. Um, 
and just mm. be like like just ignoring i guess what types of love are marginalized in society mm. just in theory like if you're just someone who like is in a type of relationship with someone that like is healthy and beautiful and consensual and you're just in a society that like doesn't yeah. approve for whatever reason i i think I, i'm yeah. always going to say that that's a love worth you fighting for it. but it's just it's you, it's yeah. just going to come with a lot of mental preparation and maintenance and undue burden quite frankly but it's just you know i right. i still think it's worth it absolutely yeah so. i agree i think maybe my thinking is like you know how we call things love that aren't love like a lot of people like you mm. it's like you know what i mean if there's something almost like with buck and p i feel like it's not about it maybe i don't know maybe it's about love but i feel like part of it was ownership yes like, it was i feel like absolutely. he didn't right absolutely so i i don't feel like he in his mind was thinking like you know when you meet someone that you really kick it with like a friend mm. or a lover or whatever who you and it's like you're just on the same wavelength or you just get each like it's effortless it's mm-hmm. easy it's it's almost like transcendental I don't get that feeling from Buck. So mm. I guess if it's a love where it's real, I, that's so hard to say and pinpoint. But if it's a love that feeds you and that it's good for you, right. I can see it. But if it's a love that's based in something else, yeah, I don't think it's worth fighting for. But then you're mm. right. That would be true whether or not society condoned it. So maybe this question in of itself is kind of like a fallacy. Like maybe this isn't the best way to frame this. So who knows? You can tell us in the comment section. In yeah. the ratings. You can be like, that question from part two, they come in all colors, trash. <laughs> trash, trash discussion, what the fuck? Like, girl, cancel color pages, but club girl, like, that was garbage. <laughs> and we'll be like, you know what? Oh, my God. That's fine. Um, thank you for your opinion. Um, you know, engagement, it's fine. Um, no, but I think, oh my God. I, I do think that the, I, I like the question. And I do think it's a good thought exercise. And, I, and I, I wouldn't say it was like a fallacy in itself, but I do think it's like, Mm. it just brings up i think it's hard to answer this question because it's like you know these aren't questions that are often prompted when we think of love like i feel like the way i feel like the way not to like just like really like you know feed our own egos but i think that like i don't know like the way that we have talked about love and we like talk about relationships and things i think that does it is sort of counter to what we're socialized to believe in and so i think sometimes it's hard Mm. to find the language to talk about the kinds of relationships that we know are ideal because it's like it's like it's like we're kind of carving the viewpoint as we're saying it, if that makes sense. It's like, it's like, mm. we know, we know how we feel, but sometimes finding the words for it is like, oh, how do I say this? So, yeah. yeah. What kind of love do we believe in, Marcy? How would you describe the type of love that you believe in? You know, Akko, I, <laughs> I would say more than anything, the kind of love that I believe in, and this is just regardless of the nature of it, platonic, romantic, sexual, whatever. Like, mm. I think it's just based entirely in like respect and communication and just the idea that like, like kind of like what you mentioned earlier, there's no like ownership to anything. Like, like it's like the Mm. idea that like, I guess when I think of love, I think, I think of two parallel paths versus like one sort of road. Like I think of something that's more like, you know, we are all individual entities here. Like we are like growing and learning and constantly changing and it's like like i guess i kind of see it. I, I think of love as a spell i think is i think of it as like sort of like mm. episodes that we go through together but it's not meant to always be forever which i don't know where that comes from maybe that's like a question right. i need to ask my therapist but i think of it more as like it's like <laughs> we kind of are growing alongside each other we're sort of growing dare i say together but it's like 
the idea that this mm. needs to be permanent, like I need to like once we're together, it's like, okay, we have to like make this last until so and so or like, you know, this is like the model, I think is I think can introduce a lot of abusive tendencies. I think it's the idea of like, because it's just like, yeah, like it's like there's no there's no ownership in this, right? It's like, I mean, I could be dating someone for so-and-so amount of time, but it's just like if that, if one day, if a day comes where it's like this isn't compatible anymore, like this person or I or whoever, like everyone can walk away from this situation. And it's not to say that like we shouldn't, like I, it's not to say that I disagree with the idea of like, you know, commitment necessarily, but just the idea that like, it's like there's no ownership. We're right. in this because we choose to be in and actively each yeah. day. It's not because of some weird obligation or because the state has required it such that blah, blah, blah. And it's like, and ultimately it's like, I love and respect you so much that I just want you to like take whatever time we have on this weird ball hurling through space to be what's most right. like enriching and like loving for you. And if that means a future with me, great. But if it means a future with me up until a certain point and then no longer great, or if it means you're leaving today, that's fine. You know, it's just like, it's like, that's mm. like, I think of love as like, like a, like a constant admiration, like a kind, like not like a worshiping or anything, but like just a constant, like, it's like, I just like admire you so much. I just want you to like, shine as brightly as I ideally want myself to shine as well. I love me and I love you. <laughs> and we can both just like be in this pool of love together because I don't know, we have that like kind of clarity within ourselves to express it with one another. Right. Yeah. I, I, I feel like my idea of love is, is very similar. I don't think, I don't think ownership is love. I, I, I kind of disagree with that very strongly, which Oh boy, <laughs> I feel like <laughs> but um, but I I I don't think that I think that l- love is is the antithesis of ownership. Exactly like you're saying, I think it's mm. choice. It's a decision. It's made by autonomous individuals, and I think it requires in a lot of ways for you to understand yourself mm-hmm. or to love yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's almost like I don't think obviously like you don't have to like be the most confident person to fall in love obviously Mm -hmm. but i think you're right there's something about it where it's like i'm good i'm good enough to see you like if if Mm. i can't if i'm not good i can't see you clearly and if i can't see you clearly i can't love you you know what i'm saying like come on yes (laughs) (laughs) so that's what i mean i i guess love to me is when you put aside whatever kaleidoscope vision that you're looking at just to like be with the person or feel the person in that space. And in that moment, Mm -hmm. um, or for however long you're together. And I agree. I think we get really stingy with love in our society. I know that sounds crazy, but like, we're very like, it needs to be in a very specific place with very specific people. But I actually don't think that love now they're like, well, everybody on the color pages book club is a polyamorous and that's we're not we're not discounting that fact but that's not the right. fact that we're talking about we're saying that like wrong but <laughs> but that's, that's not what we're saying we're saying right. it's more like you like love isn't something that's hard to find i think it can be doled out like actually very easily and honestly often and i think you're right like you don't have to be with someone a friend or a person, a stranger forever to love them in that moment. You just to be like, mm-hmm. in this moment, like I feel you and I see you and I can do this for you or you can do this for me or we can connect on this level. And that's beautiful. I, I think mm-hmm. if we would move through the world with a little bit more of that, like things would be better. And I think if we 
and then one, we would have more, like you were saying, like networks of people who we loved and we wouldn't need these like so strong, harsh, like one-on-one romantic relationships. And also bringing that to a relationship with someone you love romantically, like bring that energy of, I don't own you. I get to be with you. Just like you get to be alive and you get to eat. You know what I mean? Like, Mm. it's like, that's, that's appreciative. I think when you were saying like admire, it's like, I appreciate that I get to be around you. I'm not owed your company, just like you're not owed anyone's company, but I get to. And that Mm. excites me that I get to be with you today. And I think that's, that's what I mean by love. Yeah. Mm. Oh, we got there eventually. No. And and, and just one more quick thing. (laughs) Like, I I feel like there's, there's always the script of like, damn, like I don't even like deserve to be with this person, but I like still get to like, you know, spend time with you. I don't believe in that either. I think it's like this like self-deprecative, like, oh, like I'm just like so like, no, no girl. It's like I can both be gracious and experience gratitude for having the ability to share, you know, parts of our lives with one another. But at the same time, like, I acknowledge that I bring worth and value into this scenario yeah. as well. And so it's, it, there's an equilibrium. It's not like I'm the only yeah. one gaining here because, again, that reads consumptive to me. So, yep, I agree. Ooh, consumptive. Yes, mm-hmm. that's a good word too. Love is not consumptive. And people confuse that a lot. I think a people lot. think, yeah. Ooh. Also, you're right because, like, you're not eating ice cream. You're like, mm, I appreciate this ice cream. And you're like, guess I'm worthless. <laughs> and the ice cream's getting like nothing out of it. The ice cream's like, girl, you're literally like destroying me. Like, that's like, I was like, actually fine. And then you just came in and broke <laughs> It's like, <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Can I you love imagine? it. Could you imagine? Oh my God. Shit. Oh. Um, wow. Damn. I'm, wow. I'm really glad we had that conversation. I know this is like way longer than our Let's typical questions, but like, thank God. I'm like not opposed to any of that. Wow. Damn. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, if only. But, but, but yes. <laughs> if only. We do have to get to this summary eventually. So yes. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break. <laughs> and when we come back, we'll do a summary of They Come in All Colors Part Sounds good. Yes. Woo. <laughs> so let's just jump right <laughs> Let's just, we're trying to be serious for this second half, but that's fine. But like, <laughs> let's just jump right into this summary. Yes. And they were like, oh, this is a summary time. Yes, this is summary time. So mm. when we left off, Huey was, by the way, we ended at chapter 18. So we're starting off from part two for us is chapter 18 or is mm. it 19? It's, it's 18. Starting Did 18. Is 18. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, okay. So we start off and Huey is, we're with Huey, 15 year old Huey in New York with his mother. And Huey's mm. mother is insisting that he invite, his name's Ariel Zukowski. And mm-hmm. then Huey calls him Zug. So I guess we'll just split the difference and call him Zukowski. Mm-hmm. So Huey does not want to invite Zukowski over. And he's been resisting for years because one, he's embarrassed about his apartment, which is in the poorer part of town. Right. And he goes to that rich prep school. And mm-hmm. then he's embarrassed because his mother is proud, black and proud. And she like has, an, it's the seventies. Now she has an Afro. She's, you know, she has uh, like the autobiography of Malcolm X. She has black baby Jesus on the wall. Like she's really not. It's of oh, black it's as 103... hell. <laughs> yes. yes, black as hell. <laughs> she's. It's a, a hundred and eighty degree turn from 
Huey's mom in, in the South. And he's a jerk. So basically, since he, the cheating tobacco and the thing with Susie or whatever, uh, Susie's like that girl he kissed and then who found out he was mixed and right. there was a whole And she was like really racist do. about it and like terrible, but he was like right. caught up. But I don't know. Whatever. Right. Like, ugh, and so he's I like guess. very in the sunken <laughs> place. Right. right. Huey, I would say, is... um. He's he's like he's like eight levels deep in the sunken place. Like he could, he, it's like Inception. Like, like he could <laughs> jump the levels back to. <laughs> he's deep in there. You gotta go get deep, him. It's been it, fifty like, years for him. Like Mama has not seen sunlight. It, God only knows how long. Like sweet, Facts. like Honey is in Facts. that place. My God. Yes. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, and it, when you understand the trauma he's been through, you kind of see what's going on. But he basically right. is very, very conservative, and he agrees with with everything basically his white classmates say. And so they are, for instance, they're ostracizing this one kid. Didn't get into Claremont because his father, the mayor, doesn't believe in the Vietnam War. Oh no, he's the <laughs> worst person ever. And they're all like, "Of course, he doesn't. He doesn't. Do, he doesn't deserve to be a Claremont man." And I'm like, "Aren't y'all 14?" Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> y'all take yourself uh, real seriously. So, but okay, girl. Right, right. And so, but he's also aware, acutely aware that they all say terrible things about him when he's not there because he's mixed and he's low income and he goes to this prep school and everyone's like, oh, he's a charity case, yada, yada, yada. So eventually Huey agrees oh, to Jesus. have Zukowski, <laughs> to have Zukowski come over and he literally makes his mother sign a contract not to embarrass him, which oh is God. like funny as a teenager thing, but except everything on that list is like, don't talk about race, don't talk about women's issues, don't talk about politics, don't talk about any, don't have an opinion. <laughs> and <laughs> his mom's like, uh, all right. So Zukowski comes over, his father is, he's, Zukowski is also, you find out he's Polish. So that's why he's getting some ostracization from the schoolmates because he's, he's a recent immigrant. He's a white recent immigrant though. Right. So it's, and he goes into that later. It actually, it's like a pretty interesting diatribe about that and what that means and what passing means. So that's right. interesting. But anyway, Zukowski comes over, his father's like, should I leave him in the black part of town? And everyone's like, oh my God, why? And so then he was, <laughs> <laughs> then they go upstairs to his apartment. And right. Huey is basically awful to this paraplegic Vietnamese veteran with mm-hmm. PTSD in the elevator. And I, yeah. I, I think it shows, you know, the way people views about Vietnam at the time and people were not understanding of the situation at all. Right. Um, that's something you can read a history book. We don't have to go into it. So anyway, they get to the apartment <laughs> and... Um, because you know me if i start it's gonna be 20 minutes of the history of it's, america post vietnam war it's which i love so anyway. i love it but it's fine let's yeah we could we could do that later <laughs> bonus episode but yes <laughs> but um so uh yeah so so zukowski comes over and huey points out that his mom is very charming like his mom is beautiful and charming and like a very good host and so zukowski is like blown away and he's like oh mrs fairchild blah 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 blah. oh tell me more about yourself tell me more about everything and so then mm-hmm. finally huey's mom's like well do you know about toby and she shows a picture of toby in the newspaper he's and she's like he's a hero he's this great man i'm sure you've heard of him and Zuke's very dismissive and is like i mean a lot of black people get lynched in the south so i actually don't know who this is uh, and you're like wow zukowski uh, even if that's true which i find it's true you, um what <laughs> yikes <Seems> like oddly <laughs> like just dismissive of uh, dismissive of murder but death? i guess we're just gonna right 
okay, girl. <laughs> like, uh, so yikes. I was like, Zukowski, yikes. So then Huey, the, the whole time, is trying to pretend he doesn't know Toby, which is pissing his mother like off to no end. Right. And but he's also kind of d- dismissing everything about his past. So then Zukowski's like, "What are these st- bean poles in the back of the picture?" And he's like, "They're for peanuts. We were farmers. Let's mm. go." Like he doesn't deny. It's interesting because he doesn't deny anything right. about him being a farmer because it, which is interesting because Toby being black and him knowing him is like a social faux pas but his father being a f- poor farmer from the south is also a faux pas but he seems to not he, he dismisses that and minimizes it but he doesn't pretend it's not true which is interesting right. anyway we flash back to Huey's childhood so they're at toby's funeral and there everybody's there all the black people are there and huey and his father are there and huey realizes seeing toby's open casket that there's no way he fell off a ladder but huey is also eight so he does not know what that means and then outside the funeral and it's this is from huey's perspective so but i'm talking as an adult reading the book you are is very clear (laughs) that there is a mob of white folks outside the church who wants to beat up all the black people or intimidate them or do something because Toby, I mean, was basically a freedom fighter, right? He was a civil rights freedom fighter. And so they went to march and these people are all lined up outside, intimidating and threatening these people who, by the way, are mourning for the loss of their <laughs> member of their community. Anyway, so the yep. the priest gives this like beautiful speech, which is worth reading if you get the chance. And... Yeah, it's just terrifying. The police are not being helpful. So Buck decides today is the day that he will try and do something. Something. (laughs) He walks up to the (laughs) police. Buck. (laughs) Actually, was like I was like, okay, yeah. Because at first I was like, is this? At first I thought Buck was just gonna leave them and like disappear into the crowd. I low key thought that too. Walks over to. I was terrified. I was like, is this man really going to leave? Is this why they leave him? And anyway, so um, <laughs> so he walks up to the police officer and he's like, how are these people supposed to get home? He's like righteously indignant. And he's like, and the police right. officer is like, um, they're not. And he's like, don't you know there's a pregnant woman in there? And then he's like, uh-huh. And he's like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> I guess he's trying to appeal to their better nature. And I'm like, right. bug, they're rioting. Have you ever seen a riot? They don't what care. Are you doing? Girl, they don't care. They don't. They don't. Anyone can catch these hands. To them. Right. And, and in fact, Buck does catch these hands. He actually so does. Then, yeah. <laughs> it's actually a lot. Huey's mom walks facts and so Huey's mom walks up and is like but we really can't do this right now like we can't do this right now and so someone hits her and then everything goes wild and they start beating up Huey's dad and it's crazy and so then Huey's mom and Huey had to drag their father back to the black church which by the way doesn't throw Buck out lets him in obviously and then they shut the door and everyone's just like I guess we're gonna wait out the night until people stop rioting outside so eventually the night ends and Huey and his mom and his parents basically get a ride with Mr. Swanson because their tires have been slashed because mm-hmm. everyone hates them. Right. Um, and by at that time, Huey's arm is completely screwed up because he was basically when they were beating up his dad was like asking the adults for help because he knows mm-hmm. them. He's like, I go to your store. I go to school with your kids. Like he's like, Mrs. What's what's what? Or Mrs. Other like help yeah, me out. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, right. And they again, just like his dad, like when they're looking at his dad are like, Huey, nah, this is a riot. Like we are not. No. So he gets his arm like banged up again and they go to the doctor, him and his father. And mm-hmm. the doctor's like, he's going to be disfigured. I mean, his arm's going to be functional, but it's going to be disfigured unless we unless we fix it. And his dad's like, nah, 
you'll be fine. And you're like, okay, is this because yeah. he can't afford it or what's going on here? Because like the doctor, didn't he say something like they have to break his arm in like another place in order to like reset it? Yeah. It was something that would have been like really painful. And so yeah. Buck was like, oh, girl, no. And then he, of course, was like, girl, no. But like, I'm also like, Buck, Yeah, girl, he was like, I'm is- not... Huey can't make he shouldn't be making decisions for himself like he does condone it because his father says oh of course not he's like right. yeah I, I don't want it I want to have a disfigured arm like, Huey you don't want a disfigured arm like don't be not the, not from this and yeah. what sucks is that like he never even consulted P about it like he was just like like he used nope. the fact that she can't like leave basically like yep. against her like and that's a really abusive dynamic that like is just in their relationship a lot but whatever like that's we can talk about that later but yeah you're right yeah you're right so so then after everyone gets back and <laughs> i guess he doesn't talk about this thing about the arm like mm-hmm. huey's mom and dad are like on this like love high like we faced adversity together like we fought the police <laughs> together but not really i don't really know <laughs> i guess trump i don't know <laughs> trump? Don't know what <laughs> So I don't always know, like, I personally was like, if I understand other people feel that way when stressful situations happen, it happens, it brings them closer together. Personally, for me, I do not understand that energy, but mm-hmm. like, I understand that most people feel that way. So they're all like lovey-dovey <laughs> and whatever. Right. And too, I, I was reading, I was confused. And so um, Huey's mom is doing Miss Della, Miss D- Dea, Miss Della, Miss Della's hair. She's De- another black yeah. woman in town. Mm-hmm. And she's basically... She's really trying to convince her that her husband is a good man. And he, she's saying stuff like, it's okay that his love for me isn't political. In fact, that makes it like more love. And he's, she's like, and he's a good enough man. Like you saw him, he like tried to fight those people for me. Like he really loves me. And Miss Della mm-hmm. is unconvinced. <laughs> she's like, girl, I'm just here to get my hair straight. She said, if you want to marry this man who doesn't let you leave your house, please go ahead. By all like, means, girl. Yes. But listen, just, you know, I just, I just came from my point. Man, like we really don't need to sit here and talk about right. shenanigans right now. Right. It's like when someone tries to convince you that their ex is like they're still in love with them and you're it's like, like an ounce of shit and, and you're and like Jerry. <laughs> Right. <laughs> right on Instagram, on the Insta, we love each other, ride right. or die. And you're like, Okay, y'all, that's fine. It's but like but the way my I'm call history set up, here. you was just right. complaining about this motherfucker less than twenty four <laughs> hours ago. So that's funny how we all of a sudden just switched to Okay, but oh, that's fine. You, you'll just hit me up in like a week and, you know, complain about the same thing. It's fine. Right. Wow, right. that was really shady. Like, oh, my God, that was really shady. <laughs> <laughs> Let's continue. I'm <laughs> dead. So then, so then there's and the point. Huey is overhearing all this, which is why we hear it happening. And he's kind of aware, but not completely aware of what's going on. Mm-hmm. So then there's this subplot where there's some stacks of bean poles and I don't know, Huey has to stick them up and he's upset about it and he tries to burn them and his mother's like, what the, what in God's green earth are you doing? Literally. And that's irrelevant. Mm. But it's, so his parents get pissed at each other again because their honeymoon, like you just said, lasted half a day. And so his, oh. Huey's looking at, uh, Huey's mom is looking at the bills and she realizes again that her husband was paying Toby next to nothing for his labor and she yeah. is pissed she's like what on earth like why were you doing this like why were you not paying him his wages and he was like i knew he would be better than me eventually i knew he would leave me eventually like you know he was the best like blah blah blah, blah. but like buck you keep saying all this st- 
stuff, but it is very clear from these bills that you were not paying this man. Like, right. so it, it doesn't matter what you say. There was no money coming out of your hands. So it, there's a lie in there somewhere, whether or not you or I want to admit it. But anyway, so right. he was dad is bordering up the house for a hurricane. Another lie, but it's not of a hurricane. <laughs> People are thinking about coming to their house because they're a mixed couple living together in the South. Like, but he's just like, just got to board it up. And they're in Oxburg. Is Oxburg next to the coast? What hurricane? Right. <laughs> How come nobody else is concerned? <laughs> Why is no one's so house boarded up? So, but okay, girl. Right. So he was, of course, eight. And it's from his perspective. So he believes anything that comes out of his father's mouth. Right. So later Huey's mom like asks him asks him to read her a poem because mm-hmm. she's like oh you're such a good writer which i mean you can kind of see from the book but he's like you're such a good writer please like read me a, a poem and he reads it and it's very dark because mm-hmm. he's traumatized because right. literally every day of Huey's life is a mess and his yes. mother gets angry and she's like why isn't it funny poems are supposed to be funny and it's kind of evidence that like she's trying to pretend that life isn't as bad as it is, but it is that bad. Right. And she's kind of like taking out on Huey. So mm-hmm. then Huey's mom gives him a haircut because he's going to school. And it becomes clear that Huey doesn't think his mom is black. Um, he thinks that she's just, I don't know, a white woman with hair that's similar to black people's. And that's why right. people don't like her. <laughs> um, and then like, his parents, I guess, continue to let him believe this. So then he he's struggling because he's, his mom keeps being like, Toby was a great person. Like, not just a good person, was a great person. And mm-hmm. he's like, but all these white folks really, really seem to hate him. And I know them. And why would they hate him if he was a good person? Because you guys say they're good people. So, like, why do they hate him? And then, right. and then his dad's opinion of Toby changes every which way every other second. It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And so he, he's <laughs> mad and he, he hates his parents for evading his questions and for lying to him. And he says he admires Derek, who is awful, by the way, and also mm-hmm. very racist. Yep. Um, because Derek says things that are simple and he explains things in black and white and so you can tell that he's just he wants that clarity he wants that it what is it like what is happening and that you can't really explain to an eight-year-old about racism but that's what he wants right and really quickly Derek is um is Huey's childhood friend so he's like I think Derek and Huey are like the same age like they're both like eight and yeah Derek is like yes shitty and racist and whatever but yeah just wanted to clarify just in case anyone right because everyone in the town is is quite awful but he Mm -hmm. does play with Huey he used to before his mother basically his mother was also the one that like pushed Huey against the window when they were um yeah. yelling at the people who were, you know, doing the sit-in. It was a mess. So I flash forward back to New York. It's seven years in the future. And Huey feels like he's, him and Sikowski are really friends. He's like, we're close. I invited him over. He knows me. I know him. We're buds. And I'm like, this is really feeling like a fox in the hound situation. But it also is just like mm. very evident that he was very lonely and has no other friends. So he's accepting this very lukewarm friendship. This very not strong friendship right um so then we flash back to eight-year-old huey again and he's about to start the third grade and he's super nervous and his mom tells him about um how toby was almost cremated and huey's like what and he's like but and so that's like kind of to show you that irma i believe who was toby's wife was like no we're gonna do an open casket like as a protest to show what it actually is he didn't just fall off a ladder you know it's it, it becomes very clear and Huey knows it, but he doesn't know why that Mr. Buford, Mr. Buford, he's a man in town, mm-hmm. killed yeah. Toby with a brick. <laughs> that's that's what you kind of learn from that conversation. So and and then later Huey's dad comes in to talk to him and he basically begs his dad not to leave him and his mom, which is like a foreshadowing, but also kind of shows that Huey knows that like this isn't tenable. Like <laughs> there's something right. that doesn't 
work about this. So then Huey starts school and his dad's like, I don't know what you're talking about, as per usual. So then Huey starts school oh. and his whole family goes into town. <laughs> and then you realize as the reader that, oh, they've boarded up the windows so that the rioting people, the white folks who were rioting outside the church don't come and throw a brick through their window. You know, like kind of how they beat up Toby with a brick and how they were trying to pick up the people in the church. So yeah. that's why that's boarded up. And he goes to... Yeah, so they all go into this, like, store, and these people are talking to Buck, and they're like, Buck, what are you doing? Like, what are you What are you doing? And they're like, you can't, we're, they're like, son, don't you know we're racist? Like, it truly is, we're like, racist. Stop it. <laughs> like, and, and Buck's like, Buck's like, I don't see color. I just see pee. She's just pee to me. I don't, that's his wife. He's like, I just don't see anything else. And it's like, I, okay. And they're like, but we're racist. And we're not going to believe that your wife isn't black just because you say it's the case. I don't know. He's holding on to it. So then he goes to school. He was dropped off at school. And he hopes that like Miss May Apple, who's her teacher, will be like, well, my dad's white, so I'm white too. Everything's fine. Everything's going to be good. Except it isn't. School is awful. It is literally the worst thing ever. So basically, all the kids now, their parents, I guess whatever spell that the Fairchild or or whatever silent agreement everyone had to just like kind of let Huey live as part of their community. And maybe he doesn't pass enough. I don't know. But whatever mm-hmm. it was, they have now since decided that the deal, the jig is up. And all their kids know that Huey is actually mixed. Right. And they're calling him the N-word. They're being awful. They're like, you're the reason mm-hmm. the pool was closed. They're like, why do you even go to the school? And right. this kid, Bruce, is like beating him up. And then the teacher, they're like, Miss Mayapple, like, we know that Huey's actually black. We know it. We know it. And, she, and then they're like, see, she doesn't want to say it. She's lying. And Miss Mayapple does not do she does not protect this child she and doesn't. it's it is actually a theme of that in the story like actually none of the white women in this town protect this child ever <laughs> from I mean, what i see listen what well, right because it's like the other woman was pushing him against the window like um derek's mom was pushing him against a window like when he called out to i think it was derek's mom again for help with his dad she just like completely stonewalled him i was just mm-hmm. like y'all you cannot be doing this so he leaves the school. Like he, he doesn't leave. He's kicked out. He's not allowed to go to class. Like they lock him out of the classroom. So he goes into town yeah. and his he runs to his father. His father's like, why are you walking around? And he's like, and he his father basically makes up a story. I mean, his father knows why he's not in school. His father knows he's been kicked out of school because he's black. And right. his father's like, well, you know, I hope they don't let kids off early often. I hope that's not a thing we're doing. You know, back in the, my day, we we kids were going to school all the time. You're like, all oh right. My God. So then he, <laughs> he, he and his dad sit down and... He like is trying to have a conversation with his dad and he's like, can you just be real with me about mom, about me, about all of this? And he's like, well, you know, your mom's just the most beautiful woman in town and people are just really jealous. And, you know, she's mm-hmm. ambiguous looking. She's actually a new race of people. She's a whole race. No one's ever been heard. Like he is spinning a tail yeah. of yarn that is just, I was like, you only need a thousand cats to play with that yarn. That is Come such on. a long. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are we doing? That is and an expression. So, yes. <laughs> 1,000 cats. <laughs> Fuck. Um, so he is confused. And then finally, Huey, I think, starts to tell him about what happened. But he ends up just running and crying because he just, I mean, he is, tr- this has been a hard two, three days for you. He's tears and he's running. And yeah. um, apparently his father had to yell at him in front of everyone. And it's a mess. And Buck found this embarrassing. He wasn't thinking about his tra- child's traumatized life. He was thinking about how embarrassing it was to have to yell at his son in town right so and like gets <clears throat> yeah <clears throat> of the year. 
So from here, so this whole sequence actually is really interesting because it definitely reminds me so much of like kind of the horror conversation that we had two weeks ago about how like, you know, Mm. Huey lives in this one world, but like it's like really bursting at the seams and like the kinds of like demons and evil that exist beyond is just like beyond his own comprehension. Because the thing is like when you read the sequence about Huey leaving school, it reads very placid. Like it's just like, oh, like he's like walking through town. He like gets water. He sees his dad. They're just chatting, whatever, whatever. But then later, so fast forwarding, um, the next chapter basically is um, it's like a conversation between P and Buck and so they're basically arguing at home talking about how like like Huey ran away and like they don't know what happened blah blah, blah. Mm. and like P is just like bro like what the fuck happened like what the fuck and then like you know Buck is like oh well you know I saw Huey like walking and crying and I had to get him together because like you know like he needs to man up and like girl what you doing walking through town crying Ugh. and then like P was like he's literally eight like he's actually eight years old like I need right. to like Huey has been on this planet for eight years like I need you to shut the fuck eight. up and like stop Stop being such right. a like like can you take this toxic bullshit elsewhere? Like what the hell? But it's interesting because like when you read it from Huey's perspective, it didn't read like that at all. But so it's like it's like this weird thing of right. Huey kind of like, you know, going through his day-to-day life and then Buck is like, oh wait, but this is actually what happened. And it's like, and it's it, I think it's also telling right. too that like it's clear from the conversation that Huey's overhearing them talk. So it's like you know that Huey's close mm. by, but like they don't know where he is. And so it's like once he's not around, that's when the truth comes out, which again, symbolism, which I'm just like, oh my God. Mm. Anyways, basically, so they're like trying to find Huey. They're like, what the fuck? They kind of realize that he's like underneath the house. Like he just like crawled under the house. Right. And so like basically P, like his mama was like, boy, if you don't get from under this goddamn house, like what the hell is dirty <laughs> girl? What the fuck are you doing, girl? What the fuck? Oh my and God. So she like drags his ass from under the house and they're like sitting down with him. They're like, so girl, what the fuck is going on? And so he was yeah. on this whole diatribe about how he was like trying to find Snowflake because like earlier so he, he has a dog named Snowflake that he like released into the wild like a week ago. Is it a dog? I thought it was like a gerbil. Oh, I thought it was a dog. Oh shit! No, because why would you keep a dog in a cage? Oh my god! I actually don't. Ooh, that is either a gerbil or a guinea pig. Oh, see, I read cage as like a kennel. Damn. Okay, well, actually, um, it might have been a gerbil. Anyway, Huey has an animal named Snowflake <laughs> that he released into the wild. And then he was like, oh, Snowflake, girl, you're free. Like, like leave. Like, you're free. And, like, Snowflake was like, uh, girl, I'm, like, I never been free before. Like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? And so, like, he was saying how he was, like, right. trying to find Snowflake, but it's clear that, like, you know, he was obviously really bothered by his day at school. And so he kind of tearfully tells his parents, like, yeah, like, you know, I went to school and they called me the N-word and they were just, like, really awful and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it becomes very clear to Kiwi that, like, the reason why the pool closed down was because of him. Like, it's like they, Mm. I guess... You know, because like the first one of the first chapters that we were introduced to Huey at eight years old, like he's in Mr. Abrams' pool and he gets kicked out. And it was kind of like, it kind of read really abrupt and you're like, what? But yeah, you realize that that was actually the catalyst to why it just closed altogether. Because I guess people, yeah, there was like this weird change of public thought about Huey where it's like, oh, we're actually going to treat you like a black person now. P, Huey's mom, explains like they treated him differently when he was a baby because he was a baby. But now he's not a baby anymore. His phenotype is very much showing, even though race is a construct, you know, what they would say, you know, in the one drop rule, it's like, is a black person. Exactly. Continue, sorry. Right. And that's the thing. That's that's very much a a theme of like, yeah, like when somehow in in infancy, it's fine. But like now that he was actually growing up, it's like, oh, actually, no, like you actually are like, we can't deal with this so anyway so during this conversation p and buck are kind of arguing snowflake like weirdly comes back and he was like snowflake and i'm like this seems like kind of ill-timed but whatever um and so (laughs) buck at one point is like i was like snowflake girl like you couldn't have come back like like, i feel like this is kind of a tense but like like this seems like not your lane girl but okay i guess you're back like woo (laughs) um anyways so like (laughs) 
<laughs> my like shady like thoughts around show like but um but basically it's interesting because um so during this conversation buck has a moment where he's like he feels like there's someone outside like trying to sneak into the house and right. it's clear that like i'm it's unclear if that was actually happening or not but if, if it wasn't it's clear that everyone's very paranoid like there's like this imminent yeah. threat of racial violence to the point where they're like boarding up windows they're like still on this whole hurricane thing and it's like y'all are clearly mm. like like your days are numbered. Like it's like y'all yeah. are you need to leave. Like this is not going to end right. well. And so it's like there's a lot of obviously paranoia, there's a lot of stress. Hugh, we can't even fucking go to school. Like girl, it's wild. Um Yeah, he's homeschooled. Yeah. And so the next chapter is basically like, you know, P and Buck ha- sit down with Huey and try to explain, like, oh girl, like you like kind of black, but like you're not really black. And then they like pulled. It was like this whole subplot where they like talked about this one guy that was like really white passing. He like lived this great life. And they're like, oh, you're kind of like this guy who's like black, but like not really black. Girl, you're white. And I was like, huh? And like Snowflake was like, huh? And like Hazel was like, bitch, what? And like we were just like Hazel, like girl, I haven't seen you since Jachi's like small. That's crazy. Anyway, oh my god, so, so Hazel made appearance, and that was crazy. Um, but anyway, so having this, oh my god. this I'm like, Hazel, how much are they paying you to come to make an appearance in other people's like, Literally, Hazel's like getting checks, like I can't. Anyway, yeah, so if y'all don't understand oh this god. like weird Hazel joke we're making, yeah, just listen to like our small beauty episodes. It's, it's going to continue to be a thing, I, I swear. But anyway, Facts. yeah, so they try to like talk to Huey about like race, and it's like really confusing and weird. So then they go back to the school, and you find out that Miss Mabel is, I guess, Buck's godmother. And so, you know, he's like, hey, girl, like, yeah. can you, like, get Huey back in school? Like, what the fuck? And then Miss May- Ma- Miss Mayapple's like, oh, well, you know, like, you've just really been disappointing us lately. And, like, you know, Huey's not mm. a baby anymore. Like, we can't be, like, doing this anymore. Like, you know, he's like, she's like, I can only support you to a certain point. But you're just, like, walling out at this point. And Buck's like, oh, my God. And then, like. And then, like. His book really well and now trying to teach his kid to swim and try to I mean, really they're mad at him for having the audacity to raise his child as his own. Like exactly. that's what they're saying. Right. They're like, Oh, like anyway. even if you had gotten pee pregnant, you should have just like left her and like been with the whites right. and Buck's like and it's like this is like one of those moments where like I want to support Buck, but I'm like, oh wait, but then you are on this whole like colorblind shit. So girl, bye. All of you could just. It's ugh. Like, <laughs> I want to like talk about it because it's like I I like I give him a lot of hell, but like Buck at the same time he actually is like doing right by this woman, like by the conventions at the time, like doing right by this woman and his child. Like he actually is trying to take care of them, and society right. is would be kinder to Buck if he wouldn't do that. You know what I right. mean? Like. They would rather him not. That, and then I'm like, that's what pisses me off about Buck when he's with like the the white folks in town. Is like, are you guys mm. being serious, right? Like, you're mad at Buck for trying to be a good person. I right. am to be in love, uh, whatever, and more responsible, uh, whatever. Continue. Sorry. Right. <laughs> no, I, yeah. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, so anyways, basically, um, so after this conversation, yeah, like he was basically being homeschooled. Like, Buck is trying to find like a, you know, more people to work, I guess, the fields because, you know, slavery never actually ended. Oh, um, yeah. But then, but then Buck doesn't pay Toby and I'm like Buck yeah. what is wrong with you wait, wait I thought, I thought, he, paid, I thought he paid Toby's mom didn't he pay Irma at some point or no was or yeah, was it Huey's but mom he, that did that I, I think it was Huey's mom I think okay. Irma asked for the wages and then uh, Huey's mom made sure that she got them but also that's when she found out that she, that he was under that's why they're fighting again because mm. she's like these bills don't make any sense like for as much work as Toby did like right. there's no money running to Toby like how is that the case fuck anyway. 
Damn. Anyway, so um, yeah, so we're so pivoting <laughs> back to New York for a second. So yes. it like skips to New York, and basically, like you know, his current day Huey, fifteen years old, whatever, whatever. He's like really caught mm. up on that racist girl Susie from like chapter one. Like she's literally from chapter right. like negative eight. Like she's literally from like she was like <laughs> in like the table of contents. Like girl, like has been not hasn't been relevant since like fucking eighteen ninety three. Roman numeral pages. Literally, <laughs> like literally, Susie was alive like the Mesozoic era, and like Huey's like, damn, like I really miss Susie. Oh and I'm God. like. Susie is 3,000 years old, but okay, girl. Anyway, so, like, he was like, fuck, like, I miss Susie. And he, like, snuck into a Mets game. And it was, like, this whole, like, thing. And we come to find out now that, like, in the future, like, I mean... It's funny, like, Buck, night and day. Like, he hasn't really called. Mm. He, like, sends these letters every now and again, but, like, honestly hasn't really been that present as a father. And so he gets a letter from his dad recently that's like, hey, like, because y'all left, like, you know, we had no one to, like, take care of the orchard, so we had to sell it. And then apparently, like... His grandpa, like, I guess Huey's grandpa, so Buck's father, like, broke his hip. And then also, like, Buck married, like... A woman from Blakely, which is like a town near Akersburg, um, presumably a white woman, but they never really clarified. And then like everyone apparently is like moving to Florida, and like right. Huey's not like, everyone girl, in town, just the whole family. D- yeah, yeah, not, just the whole thing, town yeah. didn't. <laughs> right, right. So like, so Buck, his parents, I guess this like random right. woman from Blakely, and like all these other, like you know the family is moving to Florida, and so yeah. like. It's very clear that like this has Huey in his feelings because like you know at this point like. Like, Zukowski hasn't really been around, so, like, you know, Hughes feels sort of lonely there. And then, like, his mom works a lot with the Blumenthal's, like, as a housekeeper, and so she, he doesn't really right. see her that much. And now, like, his dad's just moving on and, like, just kind of, like, isn't really communicating. And, like, Hughes definitely been holding on to hope for the past, like, year or so that, like, his dad mm. would call. Like, every time he gets a call, he thinks, like, okay, maybe, like, it'll be him. And he even tries to call his dad's number and then like some like a woman yeah. answers i think it was the woman from blakely i'm not sure and like basically yeah. it was like this weird conversation where she thought that he was someone else it was like this whole thing but basically also, was buck cheating on anyway that's a question for the discussions i should continue yeah so anyway so basically so huey's just like in his feelings so like things are not going great for huey current yes. day so now we go back to huey at eight years old so yeah so where we left off huey's being homeschooled whatever whatever so he kind of gets into like a cute routine where he like reads books and his mom gets him and like mm-hmm. you know she's always like she like gets some books uh, you know about like really influential like black people throughout like time and like you know like she, she like she yeah. gives him a book on like george washington carver and like you know he, like she like teaches him like the timetables like all these different things like it's like a whatever yeah. cute thing and then one day you know he's just like in his room chilling huey and then like you know p walks into the room is like pack your shit we gotta go girl like get your shit we're leaving and she's yeah. like bawling like she's really emotional and so he was like what and then like it's Weird because, like, they end up, so the two of them and Buck, actually, like, go to, like, this bus stop and, like, you know, Huey and P get on the bus, but, like, you know, Buck stays in town and is like, oh, like, you know, take care of yourself, like, you know, just, like, make sure you listen to your mom, blah, 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 and, like, they just leave without him and granted they told Huey like someone was sick and they were just gonna go for like a week to like visit them but it's very clear that like they're mm. leaving like this is like they're like yeah. escaping to the north and that Buck just isn't and going and Huey knows it right yeah and so and I think that's the part that I found the most insidious it's like y'all are really lying to Huey to like the very like this is like actually the really very traumatic. end this is ve- yeah. like this is not I'm like also is it a is it upsetting that Buck would leave Oxburg for Florida with like with this other woman, but wouldn't leave Oof. for New York? You know, it is. But um, we're just gonna save that for the discussion section. But um, yes. Yeah. Anyway, so so it's not like a huge blowout like we thought it was gonna be in the last episode. It was just kind of like they just 
got on the bus and left. And it becomes clear that... And we actually don't even know why, right? Like, I mean, we know why, but we don't know the conversation. Exactly. Like, what happened. Yeah. It just kind of happened abruptly. And it's just, it's very clear that Buck chose, like, you know, his family and whiteness and, like, you know, this privilege over continuing a life with, like, you know, Huey and Pete. So, anyway, so it kind of goes into, like, you know, what happens when, like, Huey and P first got to New York. Like, you know, P had a really hard time finding a job because, like, she didn't necessarily have a lot of, like, outside work experience. Like, not to say that she didn't have any skills or she never worked, but right? But it's just, like, you know, like, she didn't have, like, a resume. She didn't have any certificates. Exactly. Yeah. So it took her a while to kind of get a job and, like, it was this whole, like, hustle but she was able to kind of like, you know, snag the job with um, the Blumenthal's, which is actually how Huey got into Claremont Prep to begin with, because like mm-hmm. the Blumenthal's like loved P. And so they, they like pulled some strings and like, got him into Claremont Prep. So, yeah, so that's kind of what happens. And then like, <laughs> so it goes. So this is basically where like the Huey like childhood section ends. Like now it's just like completely like him current day. And so, right. um, so at this point, yeah, so like Huey had went to that Mets game. He was like really hung up on Susie, who was like alive with the dinosaurs. And so now, like, he's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, like he, so he was kind of reflecting on all, all of this. And then we come to find out that like Huey gets like arrested. And like, it was like kind of unclear why he got arrested. There's a part where he says, it's when he's talking about Dukowski also kind of passing as, as a white American, even though he's a, he's a Polish immigrant. But he gets to a point where he's like talking. He's like, then I saw Zukowski walk in with Susie holding hands at this Mets game. And you know, earlier he was oh, like, oh, you're right. Buddies were friends, mm. yada, yada, yada. So then he goes up to the two of them and he slugs Zukowski in the face. No, Continue. you were told. That's why he yes. was arrested. Yes. So, so he did that. And then you also find out that like Zukowski was poisoned. They Okay. So this is the part that's kind of confusing. They don't like from the conversations, it's clear that Huey unintentionally poisoned Zukowski. Like he wanted to teach him some kind of lesson. They don't really go into mm. details how he did it or what happened. All we know is that Zukowski was like, right inches away from death and like had a collapsed lung and it was like this whole thing so anyway so basically Huey yeah. gets arrested and so while he's there you know he goes through some shit we don't necessarily need to go into all the details about that but basically he's like in jail he's like fuck and so he's like you know trying to get out and like he has to like you know kind of go through these evaluations and stuff and like mm. they're trying to make sure like they're basically saying like yeah like depending on what happens like if Zukowski dies girl like you can like that's manslaughter right there but also even if he doesn't die you can get attempted manslaughter so girl right. Yoshi might get rocked and so it's kind of like this like kind of precarious situation um, especially since Zukowski is like in critical condition and so he was able to get out of jail i guess like his mom or i don't know what happened but basically like he was able to like be released and he goes back to claremont where basically they tell him that he's expelled because like you know they can't have him poisoning bitches which is like i mean fair but it was just kind of like i don't know it's just poisoning unfortunate and so is is not um what a claremont boy does Exactly. And I'm just it's like, oh, you know, like Claremont men. Claremont, Claremont doesn't men. poison people. We, we don't do we that. So I'm just like, okay, y'all. Are, other countries. Right. We just colonize. We don't, we don't poison. That's we just, that is just so politics. foul. Like, I just can't believe it. Um, and so it's like this whole thing. And the thing is, like, I mean, they have this whole thing where, like, you know, like the principal Claremont, like, sucks his own dick, being like, oh, we're just, like, so inclusive. And, like, we just, like, are so, like, we you just, like, like let in all the- these, like, diverse people. Right. And then, like, it's just like, okay, but girl, like, y'all also don't recognize, like, the racial trauma that he right. goes through on a day to day basis. But, nope. okay, girl, like, whatever, moving on. That's pretty um, So, anyway, so after this, like, it's kind of a montage of, like, Hugh and his mom just sort of, like, Hanging out. Like, they just, like, yeah, they... Yeah, in Harlem. Like, fix his blazer. Yeah. yeah, like, they just, like, are just in Harlem, like, chatting, and, like, 
being together his mom kind of like yeah just being together and like people clearly think that like you know his mom is like his i don't know nanny or something but he's like girl whatever i don't give a fuck and he's like how beautiful it is that i'm just able to like walk with my mom like in public like arm in arm just like with her and like people aren't like pressed over like you know this shit like it's not that deep Mm. and then like you know p kind of opens up to huey about like buck's shortcomings how like this motherfucker ain't paid child support and god only knows how long and also the fact that they were never actually married because they couldn't get married Mm. because no one would issue them a marriage license because they were a mixed couple so she was like opening about that and then she was talking about how like you know people will the way whiteness is set up it's like motherfuckers would think that like it's like you benefit from all the like enslavement that people like went through in the past and yet mm. it's like oh because because you specifically didn't do it somehow you're absolved from the issue altogether and like you can just like be like oh girl case closed like i don't have to talk about this and so she was kind of, kind of talking about that and she talked about how she has always really liked math and how she actually wants to become a certified public accountant like yes. a cpa yes and so that's like her like long-term goal like that's what she wants to do like in the future and I don't know it's like it's just like a cute like exchange where they're yeah. just kind of like hanging out and like they kind of have like some rapport like he was like shady and like annoying but she's like okay girl whatever like <laughs> we got each other so we're just gonna like make it work and yeah so like you kind of see P getting to a place where she's like found sort of like what she wants to do next and like she like is really yeah. like motivated about that and then like Huey also as part yeah. of his punishment for the whole Zukowski incident he was instructed to like write like a 20 page essay which you come to find out is actually the book that we're reading now right. so this book is essentially written by current day Huey sort of reflecting on what his life was and kind of was like you know kind of more recently so yeah it's like this interesting sort of like full circle moment and the book kind of just ends in a way where it's this book is kind of really well written <laughs> for a 15 year old but anyway yeah, I was like, Claremont must have been, I don't know, like, them bitches, like, them riding exercises was lit right. because, girl, what? I was like, girl, what? <laughs> but anyway, so, so yeah, so that's kind of where it's left off. So it's like, so Huey at this point, yeah, like, the book ends, he's 15 years old, like, you know, there's kind of all this potential in the future. We don't know a lot of things, like. We don't even know if he, he it's not even, I couldn't even say Huey has, like, come to terms with anything. I don't even think we could say that. I would feel comfortable saying he reached, like, a healthier racial place. But no, like more than that, well, discussion. I mean, he. I mean, I think he. Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about the discussion because this actually, <laughs> Lord knows, it's already long enough. But um, but yeah. So that's kind of how the book ends. But yeah. So let's take a little bit of a break, and then when we get back, we'll get into all the feelings and thoughts. Cause who, girl, Lord we got feelings Jesus. and motherfucking thoughts. Mm. Yeah, yes. We'll see you in a second. Yes. So, <laughs> so I guess to start this discussion, I, I think, yeah, let's just like talk about, I guess, our feelings and thoughts as a mm. whole. And then we can just kind of jump into the different pieces. So the book as a whole, I feel like it's a similar discussion as to what we talked about with Black Chicklet in, in Unkindness of Ghosts in the sense that like, I thought that there was a lot of elements about this book that were, like, really, really interesting. So, for example, this, like, simultaneous narrative of, like, Huey at age 8, but also Huey at age 15. But even at him, like, even the sections where it's, like, like from his perspective at a younger age, it's not necessarily written in past tense. It's written mm. as if it's, like, current day happening, but you know it's in the past. So I felt like that was, like, kind of an interesting device. Also, there's no, like, quotation marks in this book. When people talk, there's, like, it's just in italics. Yeah, So it's just, true. like, you just see it italicized i don't know why hanson made that choice but it like it just added texture and like kind of like an interesting layer to the Mm. book that i was like okay that's like 
interesting. Uh, cool. You also um, don't necessarily know who. Like, it's almost like it's this eight-year-old just getting these voices. You don't, from the context of what people yes. are saying, you know, you can kind of like parse out who's talking. But it's not. Right. It's almost like it's almost like Charlie Brown, like wah 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 wah. Like it's a grown-up just talking to a child. Mm. Like, yeah. And then kind of makes sense, like why he's so confused, like why he's so confused with these different exactly. narrative he's being told. Because in his mind, it's just adults speaking, but they keep say this this right. adult voice keeps saying a thousand different things that contradict each other. Exactly. That makes. Oh, that was so astute and beautiful and lit. Thank you. Yes, that makes complete sense. Yeah, like, it definitely adds I want Marcy to, the lack to come of clarity. to parties with me, and because I feel like <laughs> I feel great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving a presentation. Like, I'm like the ultimate hype bitch. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes, girl. You better. Yes, girl. Next slide. Come on. Like it's, just like, it's like okay. Could you? You actually be really loud. Um. Uh, could you please <laughs> just like I'll stop like, this? Um. Continue. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're totally good. But um. But yeah. So like that definitely makes so much sense. It definitely adds to the confusion that Huey experiences. And aside from that, like I think that like Huey is someone that like. It's, I mean, he's very much still learning. And kind of like we said, like by the end, it's not even necessarily like a resolute, like, oh, like it's like Huey's, like P, Huey's mom has certainly reached like a resolute place. But Huey is still kind of like, you can see that he's like, I would say he's in a healthier place than he was, you know, when he was like banging on the windows, like yelling at all those black people, acting as if like, you know, he somehow wasn't one of them. Like, it's like, I feel like now he's definitely reached a place where he's like, okay, like I am black and it is what it is um and it's like and i remember at the very end he kind of had a realization just thinking about zukowski of like oh like you know zukowski he kind of talked a little bit about like how he was able to sort of like pass and sort of like i mean though he like his family wasn't like assimilated into whiteness at the moment like that was a process that was taking place Mm -hmm. and it's like like a level of privilege that like zukowski was going to that zukowski currently had had I mean, him. had access to, but like was, was ostensibly only going to augment as he, yeah, you know, is further socialized into sort of this like frame of whiteness, and so it's so interesting because there was such a moral stigma to Huey's passing that like, and he was like, yes. okay, everybody, he basically he just opens up. It's almost like a letter to the reader. He's like, everybody. What on earth is Zukowski doing if not passing? Like, how come, you know what I mean? Like, he's basically like, what do you think he's doing? What do you think all of America is doing? Passing into a higher epsilon exactly. of living. So why is it all of a sudden I'm penalized for it when other people are not? And it's like, that's a fair point. Like, it makes you really think about who is allowed to pass. Like, think of just mm. exactly into Americanness and then sort of leave it all behind and why Huey has to carry this all with him. Now, granted, again, blackness is not something to leave behind. It's not like a, a scourge or anything. But right. his, his point is like well <laughs> taken in the sense that like, no one is penalizing Zukowski. No, none of the white folks are kicking Zukowski out for it. That's not to say that immigrants did not face, you know, discrimination, even like white immigrants, especially Jewish immigrants, Italian. Right. Everybody had, there was, that's not to deny any of that. But the point is there seems to right. be far less stigma for him doing it and almost appreciative of Zukowski wanting to leave his past behind for whiteness. That's not afforded, afforded to Huey. They're like, the door is shut for you and we get to treat you badly and we get to call you terrible things. It's like, whoa, wait, wait, why? Exactly. Like, why? Sorry, I interrupted your thoughts. Right. No, and like, that's that, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's just like, it's like, it, and Huey actually cites specifically like when they were at the baseball game with Susie and Zukowski was like, oh, like Huey's actually black, so lol and then like Susie was like racist and terrible and then he zukowski was able to like use his whiteness to sort of like slide in and then be mm. like oh but like 
I'm white just like you and like we have things in common and so he, it's like he was leveraging that racial privilege and Huey was like what the actual fuck you actually got me fucked up because girl what like mm. you like you, it's like and he realized that like the the base of their friendship was just the fact that there was this like they both felt different in the space that they were in but like mm. Huey's difference and Dukowski's difference were never on the same plane like right. they were never like parallel experiences I mean and I mean yeah, they just weren't. Like the thing is, like someone like Zukowski had a much easier time at a place like Claremont Prep than than Huey did, and he was like, "Girl, this is so, like, what well, I'm done." So it's just like, so it's yeah. I, I just, it's there's definitely still growth to be had, and I think that just speaks to the realism behind. I mean, just where Huey's at in his life. Like, yeah. I would never say at age 15, I like had a like right. My racial analysis has certainly evolved since then. Right. So I think it's like I I think if anything, P might be a good indicator of like where Huey might be in end the future. Up. And I think yeah, even seeing point. their rapport at the end, like seeing how he went from like literally making her sign contracts not to embarrass him <laughs> to like hang out with her arm in arm in public, like they're right. like kicking, like chilling, whatever. It's like okay, like I feel like there's like an actualization process that like P is like hopefully going to be able to help facilitate right in right. his life. And so so yeah, so I think that the book it's like I mean it's obviously very jarring and you're like oh my god, like this is a lot. There's a lot. It's so it's a lot, <laughs> a I, lot yeah. going it's, on. It's well written and horrifying. So like read it exactly carefully because there were sometimes I would put it down and I was just mad. Like so yeah, I, I think it's just like it's overall I enjoyed it i think having huey be like i think for example like a difference that i would trace between this and a kindness of ghost for example is that like having huey be so young did kind of help it to like it's like it added a lot of interesting nuance to the discussion mm. around race especially during that time period it's like with huey especially when he's younger you see like the like the culture and the socialization around whiteness like i feel like right. we often like in, in a lot of conversations around like race people that don't necessarily talk about how it's like it's like an active socialization mm-hmm. process like it's like yes. you see characters like Derek and Mrs. Orb like you see the becoming of that and how like mm. whiteness is like yes assumed to be default but it's also like this is it's like a, an assimilation process it's a culture right. you have to learn it's not an innate thing or like a system of beliefs that people typically have right and so I think having Huey kind of toe that line and seeing like how he wants to assimilate into that but like isn't giving access to it and it's kind of like it has an interesting texture in the sense that, like, for example, ostensibly, if you were able to choose, and I think I kind of talked about this in the last episode, it's like, if you're able to choose, especially when you're that young, I mean, you're, like, it's easy for, like, I mean, it's easier, I will say, for example, someone like P, who's, like, grown and, like, out here to be like, yeah, like, I'm black as fuck and I'm into it, you're like, yes, girl, like, this is everything. But it's like, when you're when you're younger like that and like it's like you're still it's like you're learning things in pieces and like things don't really make sense and you haven't really put all the pieces together and if you're given a choice it's like oh one of these choices seems like a lot of struggle and a lot of heartache and a lot of trauma the other one seems a lot easier yeah exactly one of them seems way not difficult (laughs) exactly like one just seems like significantly easier so girl i'm just gonna choose that one and so it's, it's like you see for example how even when huey does do like terrible shit or says horrible shit it's like you see the base of it and it's like as a child i can kind of i'm like more empathetic and like or not empathetic but i'm more like sympathetic to that and i'm more patient with that than if it's like he was like 30 years old right it was like yeah like white power i'd be like girl bye like you got me fucked up like shut the fuck up like like, ew girl ew so 
So yeah, so I, I, I liked it overall. I think there was a lot of interesting kind of experimental aspects of the book that I thought kind of kept it like textured and fun. And I think, and especially I think the second part, like I think the, the action was a bit more, it was a bit more fast paced. So it was a, a bit more captivating to read. Um, I mean, I, yeah. obviously the beginning was kind of more like just like setting the stage and all that. But yeah, overall I liked it. But I was like, yeah, girl, after this, we're reading something really happy. Like I don't give a fuck. Like, girl, <laughs> yeah. like love y'all, but like gotta read something a little bit lighter. sweet and happy. It's just like a little bit lighter than this. But what did you think, Akko? Yeah, I overall really like the book, too. I think it's really well written. I think the book plays with time in a really interesting way, too, just having us go back and forth. And exactly having Huey as this very unreliable narrator who's trying to tell this story from his perspective as an eight-year-old gives you an insight, mm-hmm. exactly as you're saying, into race that like I think we don't always think about exactly that assimilation right. of people and the fact that there's a point where it hits you. Like when you were on the, and I think people mm. who maybe grew up as a minority in a white society and a white school or something, or if you're mixed or something like that, there's a point where things hit you where things or even not. There's just moments where things like hit you. And it's like, wait, this is what the world is. You know, it, it, it's disconcerting, but it's, it's almost like your brain's trying to process it. And so you put things away in different ways and the way we right. put things away and the way we, we try to deal with them Especially, I mean, this is not a low stakes situation. This boy is trying to live, understand himself in civil rights era America. That's a very intense and traumatic mm-hmm. situation to go. And I low key think that's why he breaks his arm and keeps having it broken because it's almost like a symbol. Like it's a trauma and then a trauma mm. and then a trauma. It just keeps happening to the Ooh. point that like it's not healing properly, right? It's not getting yes. better because it just keeps happening. Because he's an unreliable narrator, that the whole point of an unreliable narrator is that you think that you see the world from their perspective. So you're not seeing how right. skewed it is. But with the arm metaphor with it, you start to see like this is what he's thinking, but in reality, this is very, very screwy. I, I like that part mm-hmm. of the book. Um, I also think he, there are two very interesting conversation, nuanced conversations here. P explaining, like, I actually was in love with Buck. Like, this wasn't like, I'm not making that up. I actually did love him. It's not like right. any type of thing, but this is this doesn't work. You know, that's a nuanced conversation about that. We we hear about the Lovings. We hear about right. the Huey, uh, Harry, and Meghan Merkels. But I, I think on the threshold of that floor is a bunch of the cutting room. What's it? The cutting room floor. Of that are a bunch of things that society killed. You know, a bunch of relationships that society killed. I, I think to, ha- to have it, mm-hmm. we want the happier story, right? We want them to stay together. You, you want that story. Of course you do. Like, they defeated racism right. and sex. They defeated everything for love. <laughs> Like of course, (laughs) right? Right. That's lovely, but but society is really strong, and I think society. The book showing that is, it's even to the point that you're like, honestly, honestly, Marcy. There plus me and you were reading this book like young to break up because you're in danger. You know what I mean? You're like break up. You need to go your separate ways (laughs) because you are in danger, or at least you need to move. But then, even checking myself, like. Why do they have to move? Why do they why do they need to leave their mm. town and their friends and their life and go? And it's right. like even with Buck, why can't you accept his wife? Like I'm sorry, like at a certain like uh, we understand mm. racism as adults, but and Buck is wild and thinking he can he can, <laughs> he can metaphor everyone into believing his pr- that's a very right. strong <laughs> He's really convinced. Right. But at the same time, not a one of you on the other side, not a one of you on Buck's side of the film could could sit there and be like, he loves this woman. We can accept that. Or what is it? What is it exactly 
that your te- your tolerance has ended. And it, you can kind of see it that like mm. maybe their tolerance would have lasted longer if the civil rights movement hadn't happened. But like, so at what expense, right? So right. it's, it's. I like the book too because you're seeing the shift in an era. You're seeing the, the mm-hmm. Jim Crow era shift into this other era. And people will be like, well, you know, the argument is always, in that way, P and Buck's relationship is almost a product of that era before. All the compromises before. Mm. And how they, you know, and you can right. see that even in the way p talks and and about how her son's gonna have a better life because in that era where segregation is is god where it's king this is a way to get up in the mm-hmm. world not to say that she doesn't she's doing it to get up in the world but like th- when she's doing the cost benefit analysis there it like you know it's like the, he is a good man like he can take care of me it's not a perfect life but he was gonna have a good life you know what i mean like this is worth it right. but then the era shifts and the power shifts and all of a sudden that's not the case anymore and all the things maybe you let lie you can't anymore because it's not society doesn't work. You know, it's same for both the the white side too. So it's, it's really a complicated book and it, I think it analyzes things in a way that is nuanced and interesting. And I think I really like that. And not to say that kindness of ghosts didn't do that. It definitely did. But I think it was Mm -hmm. having a story, a fictional novel about a time period that actually happened in the past, I think was easier for me mm-hmm. to take than having a projection of a yeah. terrible, terrible future. Into the future, right. Yeah, which mm. was just, I, that's just a personal thing. I think I was just like, uh, please, not in 300 years, let this be the end of it. You know, but, um, so I really like right. that part of the book. <laughs> um, so right. yeah, yeah, I, I really thought it was a good, a well-written book. I thought, I think it's worth reading. I think it, it really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and I... And and yeah, I know we made that comparison to an Inconvenience of Ghosts, and like in both of those books, like both of them, I would recommend, Rent, but just yeah. with the caveat being that, like, just know in advance, especially for people if you like, if you are black, <laughs> like right. it's like, or really just uh, like a number of different marginalized identities, like just walk in knowing that, like, okay, it's girl, heavy. this is gonna be, it's gonna be a lot. It's not even like one is less heavy than the other. Like there are things about kind of Ghosts that exactly. I was like, I actually can't today. There are things about this book I actually, I was like, I actually can't today. Like t- today is not the day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So it's not like... This is not today. Yeah. So, but anyway, continue. So, yeah. So both of these books, I would definitely recommend. I um, agree. Just, just in general. But after doing the plot summary and also after having had the conversation about love earlier, mm. it, like a part of me, not saying that I agree with Buck's decision, but I, it's like there, I guess there's like, I'm like a part of me is like slightly, slightly more sympathetic in the sense that it's just like, it's like, again, that question of like, you really are having to choose between P and Huey versus like just every person you've ever known. And the granted, and obviously in this situation, I still think obviously like people are coming at Buck wild for no fucking reason. It's like, these are clearly like shitty, like non-supportive mm. people in your life. Like it's like you, you are settling to choose this over, mm. you know, like your partner and your own son. But at the same time, it's like, I can kind of like, when you look at, I guess the burden of like, like of, it's just like the burden and the hate that society gives you for yeah. just choosing to be a bit more authentic than most people are choosing or like right. would, would be willing to be. It's like I can kind of given those like projections of like, okay, these are your options. It's like it's like, I mean, and again, it just it just points to the privilege, right? It's like it's like Buck can choose to be like, oh, like I'm just gonna stay here and right. like, you know, marry, marry this someone other else. person and like reassimilate and like it's like and like I'm gonna be just the fuck fine. And it's like for P, that was never like she had to go. Like it's yeah. like you just have yeah. to leave, or it's like it's either you leave because you chose to leave, or you leave because you know. 
I don't they're want to put bricks, this, but it's just like, you know. They're throwing bricks through exactly. your window, yeah. Right. So it's just like, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, like, it does kind of add. I mean, do I still think that Buck acted with... I don't want to say cowardice because I don't want to make it a weird thing of like bravery and like like subtext ma- like masculinity or anything like that. But it's just like I do think that Buck acted in a way where it's just like you don't recognize you still you still don't get it. You, yeah. And it's like it's like I knew it. It's like I knew you didn't get it because based on how you talked about Ray's girl, you definitely, definitely don't get didn't it. Get it <laughs> it's yeah. just like you. It's like you assume that just like I guess good intentions and like this like weird colorblind framework was somehow going to save you. And it's like girl. No, but it's just, I don't know, it's its just unfortunate that he just left. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, I don't know. I feel like he was lying to himself. And that was the biggest, I mean, yeah. they both were. P and Buck were both lying to themselves, but Buck more than, because how do you in the, and, or, and he was also doing this exception thing. And I think that's actually something that can be transmuted to the present. This like, but P's the exception. Yes. She's not the exception. You don't think, the, the book is literally mm-hmm. called They Come in All Colors. And there's a point where Huey says like, but people tell me that if you're quote unquote colored, you can be all different shades. So it is very true in the fact that his mother is just a light skinned black woman. Like that's not, she's right. not an exception. You want her to be an exception so she can fit into your exactly. life. And that's selfish <laughs> in, in the sense that you're not you're not seeing her for everything that she is. Like you're not, you want mm-hmm. someone you've marginal, you've flattened her down into something that you can put in a house, like a little trinket and you want to just like keep her like a little right. Rapunzel. And that's not, that's not good. Enough. That's not love. That's not anything. And it's if exactly he, it, the fact that he never gets to the point where he's, or even you can see in the way, okay, so you like Toby. In fact, the way he treats Toby and the way he treats P are pretty much very similar. You like Toby. You love him. Yeah. You grew up with him. You know he's a good worker. You know he could work on his own. You know that. And yet for some reason, when push comes to shove, this man's bills are not being paid. So what is it? Exactly. It's not enough for you to call something love or friendship or respect if it's not if you're not doing it and and that's the part with buck Mm -hmm. that's so frustrating is because he almost does it every single time and then he just doesn't he just he just doesn't you know and it's i think that's what p Mm -hmm. it's almost like so difficult for p because it's like She's almost trying to convince herself he will, he will, you know, he we definitely will. and there's a point where he was writing exactly. letters and and he's like, is it normal for him to like not answer? And he's like, for him, yeah, that's normal. And it's like she almost has been she's disillusioned now. She doesn't believe mm. the way she did before, and that's such a painful thing to watch someone be like, please, like just tell me I can trust you. And the person's like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be who you want me to be. I'm not gonna do it. I'm just not gonna do it. And you're like, oh my God, that's heartbreaking. And so I think that's probably, honestly, the conversation they were having when she left. It was probably him being like, I'm not gonna do it. I'm just not gonna do it. And again, like I said earlier, he left to Florida. He obviously left. Eventually he found it worthwhile to leave for someone, but it wasn't worthwhile to leave with his with p and huey you know and i think that's probably right because it's like i first of all one interracial relationships are more than fine they're great they're fine right and 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 love is fine and everything is is fine and everyone should just do what they want but it's Mm -hmm. it's not like they can't work right it's it's like buck chose to not have it work in this moment of flux right Mm. they could have been together like this is again i'm not like right like loving versus loving like huey it's been seven years so loving versus loving has passed at this point it's well it was 1962 Mm. when the book starts so it's 1969 whatever you know i mean you 
people mm. did it people tried and so i i don't even want to discount this and just be like well they're white and black like it was never going to work people did it it wasn't easy but they did right. it. it's not impossible but buck chooses not to do it he could move up to new york and would it be easy and fair no but it would be better but he chooses not to and i think right. that's what gets me that's the part i can't condone about him is that he just mm. never yeah it's that ownership and he just never wants to admit it even to the point where it's like hurting huey he just never wants to admit it he puts Huey in these dangerous right. situations it, it just drives me insane cause right. it's not enough for you to just want an exception you have to make the exception and i think it's hard right because he's i'm sorry i'm talking so much but i think it's hard because no he, no you're good because <laughs> you can kind Keep of going, <laughs> You can kind of see the history of him being his family owning a, a plantation and having things kind of done for them and having just society mm -hmm. allow them to do what they want, especially and this is something we didn't talk about. But actually, he goes to the bank to get a loan and they're like, you're poor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you kind of see, again, the end of this like this southern era in the sense that like his name, this fair child name, which would used to be because he's trading on his fair name. Child. <laughs> fair child. <laughs> he trades on his name a lot. <laughs> He like says, you know, well, all four generations of Fairchilds have been able to swim. You know, you know, well, the Fairchilds haven't always been able to do this. I've always been able to go to the loan as a Fairchild and do this. And you need to understand how things work around here because I'm a Fairchild. And yet, well, I mean, the, the name is like, you know, but that he's trading on his name, which is a very old Southern mm -hmm. hospitality. Like this is this is how the South used to work. And, and it's that era is over. And in that flux, right. he could he could leave with his wife but i don't think he wants that he wants he wants all the privileges of the southern plantation just with mm -hmm. yeah he i don't think buck is as honest with himself well i don't think he isn't honest with himself this whole book he doesn't ever give up the privilege right. he wants everything he wants too much he wants everything <laughs> exactly so, it's, my it's just, again it just it just it does and it's like and it's and it's like i i mean i absolutely agree and it's just like yeah buck just he made a choice and even yeah. if he doesn't recognize it as a choice you made a choice that you know your partner for however many years and like your child just were not as important to you mm -hmm. as you know the relative comfort of being able to say that you still are part of this community right granted would it have been possible to like like uh, granted, I don't want to. I don't want to make you know New York or like the North just seem like this like utopian like you know because it clearly was not <laughs> landscape because it clearly was not because I mean case of point Claremont Prep Claremont but it's just like you would have had you have gone on this move would it have been possible to reestablish yourself and like create another community? Prob I would venture yes. to say yes. And so it's just like I mean, you... P changed. P is nowhere close to who she was yeah. at the beginning of this. You don't think Buck you could have changed exactly. if you wanted to? Ugh. absolutely and so and and i guess where my heart really just breaks is that it's like i know that the book ends with like p being like you know what i'm gonna become a cpa i'm gonna go to school and you know like we're gonna be all right and da, 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 da. like it has this like sort of optimistic tone but it's just like damn like it's like you <sighs> she was like you just so, put in so, so much. much you yeah. did so much just for this motherfucker to be like oh actually just i'm gonna choose kidding. to be lackluster and it's just like what the Why? fuck like it's just like p it's like people like that it's just like it just makes me think of like 
human potential just like not even like in society in like a capitalistic way but just like like the actualization of self like the actualization Ooh, of like people Marcy, I love and it's it. just like and it's like it's people like p i'm like god damn it mm. <laughs> like it's just like like not not saying that p cannot you know pivot or you know right sh- like not saying that like her life is like set in stone based on these events or you know, or even that necessarily without these events she would have reached the same conclusion because it's very possible that she would not have That's however true. it's just like it's like damn, like it's like, like you just have to put in so much more, mm. and like you just lost so, so much, much more for no reason. And it's like at the end, you're still trying to recuperate. And it's like, if if society was just a place where it's like we could just truly be ourselves and just actualize who we are, right? Like, God damn, where will we be? Right? It's just like right. people like P, like you're like you're clearly brilliant, girl. Like you're gonna you're gonna be you're like you're already like doing amazing things like you have been like you've just demonstrated a level of resilience that like most people do not have and it's just like you were just like clearly gonna do great shit like i'm not worried about her but it's just like fuck like why do we have to go through all that to all get that. here it's like and yeah. not, i'm not blaming her but it's just like i just you just like you zoom out and look at the world and you're right. like what the fuck no. like why are people like this like this no you're slept po- on what the hell right <laughs> i'm right. sorry i'm like getting emotional because it's just like it just it makes me it, it makes me it reminds me of a lot of people in my own life and so i think reading characters like her i'm just like god damn it like <sighs> no i you're like we really could be great your point makes <laughs> like, so much sense jesus that- your point is like because you've actually talked about this before in an earlier podcast and i wish i could was like so good that i could like name drop the podcast but i can't um <laughs> it's, it's fine but you like said like what if we could be who we are like 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 almost like invest in people like why do like where right. would society be if we weren't held back by all these social limitations that we make up right like what if exactly like like there's no reason P can't be married to Buck, have this child, and be a CPA agent. There's just really no reason why that can't be the case. Exactly. Right? Like, why does she... But because of everything, all of a sudden, all these labels... She's a she's a hussy. She's a hoe. She's a Jezebel. Also, I clocked that her middle name was right. Jezebel, and I was like, this book really is just to throw a metaphor out at us. But anyway. Um, right. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, to, I also peeped it. I was like, I was like Malcolm, girl. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> but um, she's all these things, and, but but none of those things are her. You know, she's all these things that she's a symbol of right. things to all these people. And you're right. Like, where would all of our society be if we didn't need other people to be less for us to be more? If we could just let everyone mm. reach their potential. Like, that, I feel like that's what you're saying. I'm just I was just picking up. What yeah, you that is what I'm saying. That's exactly yeah, yeah. what I'm yeah. saying. <laughs> that's definitely what I'm saying. Yeah. And it's just I mean, and then you just <sighs> it, it's hard. It just makes you so it's just. It's just hard. And it's just like that. It's like, I mean, I've never been in like a relationship like that or even a circumstance like marginally similar to that. But it's just like, I, I mean, I, I guess, yes, you have to get to a point where you're just like, you know what? The past is the past. We're here now. I'm going to like, you know, yeah. take the time I have left and, you know, do what I have to do. But it's just like, I feel like I would, there will always be a part of me that just resented the fuck out of the book. And maybe that just shows where I'm at right now in my life. But it's just like. I just I could not picture if I were in her shoes just ever being in a place where I'm just like oh like it's cool like it's fine like I'm like I'm alright yeah. it's like I don't know it's just like and may and like I think I do think people can get there but it's just mm. like the fact that like that's like an emotional weight that people it's like P has to do all like assuming that like you know she like this is a process that she goes through like that's a lot of like emotional work and right. meanwhile Buck 
is married to some like well, average woman from Blakely. So here's moved my, to Florida, r- girl. Right, Blakely. Is her name Miss Blakely or is she from Blakely? Do we not? Anyway, it Blakely. I, my my understanding is that, is that Blakely is a nearby town oh, to Akersburg. Okay, okay, that's. I right. don't think she even had a name. I don't think they ever named this woman. They were just like, <laughs> oh, she's like from Blakely. <laughs> so here's so, here's <laughs> yeah. which like Blakely. What? Okay. Anyway, so um, my my question <laughs> is though, do you think? Because we always talk about the burden of racism on black people. Because it's a tremendous burden. It's very, very heavy. Absolutely, and we're kind of yes. like, well, you get to, it will be your privilege. You get to go all scot-free. But I don't think that's true. I think I, right. I think it's one of those things that he's going to have to delude himself about forever. Forever. Because right. it's and it's always going to be. And it's kind of like the Scarlet Letter. I feel like someone was like, oh, my God, I was doing this to get away from my reading. But the Scarlet Letter... Right. <laughs> If you recall, I think her name was Rose. It could have been Esther. It could have been Susan. I don't remember. But she's penalized with her skirt letter for 10 years out in the open. And she just honestly comes to terms with it. And actually, I think her child's name is Pearl. But anyway, that's not the point. So, but the (laughs) friar, is it a friar, a priest? Whoever slept with her and never comes out about it. He like becomes gaunt internally like it's a metaphor obviously you don't lie and like slowly deteriorate but it's it's eating at him you know kind of like um uh edgar Allan poe novel it's it's eating him from the inside mm-hmm. and it's having this effect on his psyche because he never says out loud that it's him that he's done he never cops to anything and i think i think a lot of the issues a lot of and this stuff, like the same way trauma is 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 internalized mm-hmm. i don't think you get off scot-free doing that the other way i don't i think it's harder to right. pinpoint what it will do to you and so you it's like in a a faustian deal you're like well i'll take this thing that i don't know what it's gonna do to me versus like you know mm. if i can get what i want but you don't know I, right. I, I would love to no i would love to but it would be interesting if someone could pinpoint in literature or write in a way to explain what it does to you to your family mm. to generations slavery and the Jim Crow, but also this sort of continuous self-delusion and and not being able to admit or even have what you want because society tells you it's not what you want. It's a dystopian, it's a dystopia in and of itself, you know, different. Right. But I don't think Buck's, I don't think he's happy. I mean, he's standing at this bus. He's clearly not happy. He's standing at this bus station yelling at his son. He's do, he's breaking right. a lot of rules for his son up until the point where he just kind of closes that part of himself off, obviously. Or maybe he never does. I don't know. But right. you, there's no way this man went and risked everything and isn't feeling the pain of having to like give it all up. I, I don't. That would be to say that he's oh human. yeah, and I I can't. I, I can't I can't think that. I, I just want to say, yeah, like I absolutely agree with that. And it's like it's like even I mean, there's no like epilogue talking about Buck's life, but it's like even <laughs> like as you sit with these motherfuckers, like, you know, your family, whatever, the same right. motherfuckers who just completely left you just knocked your face for dead, in. like just didn't like did not were not in your corner like at all. Like when you're mm. kicking with them over Thanksgiving and shit like that, girl, like you just you always know. gonna know that like this is just gonna be a part of your life that you just can never talk about with mm. them. And if you ever have any feelings about it, you can never talk to them about it because they've shown you their limits mm. and you still chose that over them. And so it's like ultimately it's like, yeah, girl, I mean, it's like a long term game. It's yeah. like, okay, in the immediate, in some ways, it could be like beneficial, but like in the grand scheme of your life. I would venture to say that who you were able to be with P was a level of authenticity that you'll just never find again. But you I know, think so. That's a good point. Oh, whatever. 
So <laughs> it's just it so is what there it we is. Go. Um, yeah. So also just a light on a lighter random note. The fact that his name is Huey Fairchild, and then I think of Huey Freeman from the Boondocks. It's like Fairchild, yes. like this mix, and then Freeman for this like revolutionary eight, both of whom are eight. I actually wonder if that was on purpose. It's just so interesting. Um, but yeah. You know, a little birdie told me we might get the chance to talk to Malcolm, and so you know, oh, maybe that can be a question. These birds are pose. wild, but that's just what a little. Bir- but you know, these birds. I mean, like <laughs> none of this should substantiate a girl. Like no one even fucking knows. But you know, that's just one. Of, that's what one of them told me. So I'm just going to choose to like clog that to you and be like, okay, cool, like that. But yes. so yeah. I guess since this episode is long than a motherfucker, did you have any remaining thoughts before I guess we wrap up? No, nothing to say. Um, if you loved this discussion and thought it was brilliant, you should totally add us at Twitter at the thesecolorpages.com. I said thecolorpages.com. Let me throw this to Marcy, who always knows all this information. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. So, if you want to follow us on Twitter, which we're actually using now, we're like being fun and cute and like, you know, saying shit and we're like funny and like whatever. Like, follow us on Twitter at the colored pages. We also have an email at thesecolorpages pages at gmail.com as well as a website at thesecolorpages.com and yeah like you know we're also still doing our thing where we're like you know trying to get up to 25 ratings and reviews on apple Podcasts or honestly wherever you listen to podcasts so if you want to leave us a little rating or review five stars liddy but you know obviously we just want your your honest opinion so if you have something different that's totally fine as well we're just trying to get to that to that number and then we're going to be releasing episode zero book of martha uh, where it's like our first ever episode before we even had like an rss feed before we were really like even like a girl it's it's wild (laughs) so yeah so we're still doing that so please do leave a comment rating review things like that it really helps us out to you know just get the message out to more people so yeah so i guess akko should we leave our listeners with anything else before we head out no that is everything for now but until we see you again just remember to stay stay colorful. colorful